This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here from our offices broadcasting in Family Church, downtown West Palm Beach, as always with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. And today, Leslie, we have some very special pastors in the room with us. Pastor Larry Mayer from Family Church West and also Pastor Josette De Silva, all the way from Family Church Iglesia Familiar in Green Acres, Florida. Welcome, guys. Leslie, it's pretty awesome to have these guys with us, don't it you It is. Yeah, I love having these guys with us because they're both great pastors. We like to call Pastor De Silva the Brazilian sensation. He is. Oh, he absolutely. Is. So, Why? Uh, because he is. Look at you. Yeah. That's so what you are. We're doing our season on Church Reimagined, and one of the things that we think about often around here is standardization and customization. So how much do we get together and do all the same thing across the board, and how much do we contextualize to each neighborhood, which of course with Pastor De Silva is always coming up because they're a Spanish-speaking congregation, and so we have to think about how we do things for our Spanish-speaking friends. And then Pastor Larry Mayer we really have you here thinking about the hats you used to have on in your previous life with other churches like Life Church and yep. Church by the Glades. So we'll just start with you as you put on that hat. What was it like to serve at a church like that? Like, why do they standardize so many things? What are the benefits of standardization? I think for Life Church, standardization was really key for them because what they did was they figured out based on their branding principles, what do they want to have duplicated at all? I don't know how many campuses they have now, but 25 when I was there at all 25 other campuses, what do we want the experience to be the same at every campus and how do we ensure that that's going to happen? And so they did that around their core values. They standardized around their core values. These are the things that we want duplicated at every campus. It makes it measurable. We can adjust for it. If we see fluctuations in excellence, we know what caused it because we know all the inputs that took to go to standardization. And I also think it just made it better for their branding. They really wanted somebody who went to church in Wellington, Florida, if they decided to go to Albany, New York, it would be the same experience, roughly, especially if they invited their friends. So when they launched the campus, they said, if you got friends in Albany, New York, let them know. There's a church just like the one That's you go so to cool that they in do Albany. That. Yeah. And so people would. So you would invite from all the way across the country saying, hey, you know that church I go to that I love? It's happening in your backyard right now, too. I promise you, you're going to love it. So it was a high deal of confidence when people were inviting to other campuses. Mm, that's really good. And Larry, you guys at Life Church, because obviously Craig Rochelle is an incredible communicator. So yeah. some of the secret sauce is just his powerful communication sure. broadcast everywhere. But also you guys got down pretty deep in the weeds in terms of standardization to the point that even your scripts for different service segments, you're highly accountable for how those happened. Yeah. Well, especially when it came to the message, right? We right. knew how long the message was going to be. We know down to the minute how long worship was going to be, what time Craig was going to come live over you. So you had 180 seconds back when I was there, 180 seconds to welcome everybody, greet everybody, tell everybody what was getting ready to happen, make them feel comfortable because Craig was coming on. And if you were 190 seconds, you had 10 seconds of Craig walking over you. And I can't tell you who's going to win out that battle. <laughs> <laughs> they turn you down and turn him exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Now, what were some of the great benefits? Our model is a lot less standardized. 
I think Church by the Glades is a little less standardized than Life Church, but more standardized than Family Church. I'm just curious. I mean, there are some real benefits and advantages to standardization. Sure. I think that the benefits were, well, first of all, I think people tend to come at this subject from one camp or the other. Like mm-hmm. they love standardization. That means they drift away from customization or you love customization because that's the only way the Holy Spirit moves. Yeah. He doesn't move in standardization because that feels like business. And so there's this big tension. I really think they complement each other well. And I found that for me, when I was there, the things that were standardized meant things that I didn't have to worry about. I could yeah. really focus as a campus pastor on reaching my people, being with my people, communicating with the community and being out there for them. I didn't have to worry about all these other things because I knew where the message was coming from. I knew it was going to be high quality. I knew the worship was going to be great. I knew how long it was going to be. So I didn't have to worry about any of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the major benefits of some level of standardization. But not everything was standardized. Some things were fixed and some things were really flexible as well. I tell you, I just learned so much from Life Church. Of course, a lot of it through you, through our relationship and friendship over many years. And just to be clear, at Family Church, we have a way that we do it, but we're for all the ways. Like we believe in all the churches. Right. We're pulling for all the churches. We want to learn from all the churches. So we do have a way that we try to do it, but it's not because we think other ways are inferior or wrong. And so I'm so grateful. One of the things that we like about you, Larry, is you're able to speak into us at Family Church from mm-hmm. some of your experiences there. And sometimes you said, hey, you know, we could probably do a little better here if we standardize this. And right. that's been very, very helpful. So we're Good. grateful for that. Josette, you are the most customized person in our entire galaxy of Family Church Network. And part of it's because you are pastoring a large congregation, hundreds and hundreds of people who worship in Spanish as their heart language, plus... You are planting multiple congregations in Spanish and Portuguese around South Florida, and you're kind of overseeing those, and you're training a phalanx of Spanish-speaking church planting residents. And so it's pretty incredible what you're doing, but it does require some customization because you can't just let the Anglo-English speakers always say what's going to happen in that environment. That's true. And this, Pastor Jimmy, give it to us more. A lot of people probably not agree with me, but give it to us as a Hispanic church, different culture, different language, different people coming all from South America, Central America. Give us more freedom to do a church. Yeah. Because the freedom to do a church the way we are as a culture church. We're talking about cultures inside the culture. That's, mm-hmm. that's always happening, and that's the reality for us. We are culture inside the culture. So we navigated between two cultures every single day. And customization for us is good because give it to us more freedom in many different areas. So, Yeah. And one of the things that you're having to work with, Pastor, is a lot of English speaking uh, Anglo-Americans tend to think of Hispanic as a culture, but it's not a culture. Spanish is a language. That's and true. you actually have people from multiple countries, multiple cultures, who even speak Spanish differently. And I wonder if you could comment on that. Yeah. The one thing we try to help people to understand, you can translate words and music, but you cannot translate a culture. Mm. You can't translate a culture because you're talking about Hispanics, like, for example, you have the Bible in your own language, you have your own music, worship. It's a very important. But the way we work together in the family church when you're talking about customization, is I have a good example, if you let me know, to give you one yeah. example. I have a lot of examples, but one good example is when you're talking about children ministry. Let's talk about for one minute, children ministry. Our kids, 
most of those kids speak English. Right. Right. But you have every single Sunday, new families coming from Latin America. And mommy and daddy, even the teenagers, the kids, they don't speak English. They're going to Because they just got here. Yeah. But because it's a network serving us, talking about family church, the good stuff is we use the same curriculum as a family church or the ministry. And a lot of those kids, they are bilingual because they already, right. some already being here, no English, and they speak Spanish at home. But our volunteers, our daughter volunteers, 85%, they don't speak English. <laughs> they only speak Spanish. Yeah. So here's the thing. Because the network, we use the same material in English. We give those for the volunteers. They study. And the material in Sunday, every Sunday, is in English for the kids. But they teach in Spanish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's written in English, but it's verbally in Spanish. In Spanish. So yeah. everybody got the message. Everybody's okay. Because the network. Well, Pastor, you guys also, there's times when you want to do some things differently, especially around holidays. So like, let's talk about Christmas. So like for Anglo-English speaking, Christmas Eve is a big deal. We have it at five o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon, but you do something different usually. Yes. <laughs> and the 24th for us doesn't work. Many times we try, it is a totally different. So what do we do is when we're talking about Christmas, the way we do Christmas is the focus is more like a family, family, family. Spanish people's family 24-7 right. all the time, a family. Right. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. <laughs> I don't like it all the time. Yeah. But yes, yes. We, the thing is we use everything as a network provided for us. And we contextualize in our culture, in our reality. Same message. We do same thing, same brand, same logo, same everything, network, everything, but in our reality as yeah. Hispanics people. So that's for us is interesting because we learn it too. And the one thing I learned, Pastor, sometimes you have it to go against the culture. Mm. Sometimes you have it to do something different to not change the culture. But go against the culture, and you can see the people they recepted this. They okay because sometimes you got to do something that's not normal for them to do. Well, also you've got people. So they came from another country. They're usually first or second generation, yeah. right? Hispanic. Mm-hmm. They come here from Central and South America, mm-hmm. but they live in the United States, and so their culture is like changing every day because yeah. they're working in America. Their kids are going to school in America, and so. They're Americanized Hispanics, even though they're from Peru and Venezuela and Cuba and wherever else. So it's really neat it's how you manage It's interesting, Pastor, because I have a two kids, three. Yeah. And my son- You have two or three. Do you know? I have a three. <laughs> okay. My son, Jeff, is here yeah. today. Yeah. He's 27. Why he's not coming to listen to his daddy preaching in Spanish? He's coming to downtown, listening in English. Because intellectually, he's America. Yeah. Thinking- in English, the Bible reading in English, everything is in English. Culturally, he's Brazilian. Yeah. So that's the way wow. we navigate with every single day with the Spanish kids and the students here. So. But the reason is so vital that we continue to have worship in Spanish. There we go. Because new people are coming every, every single day. day. Every day. Adults and yes. Vital, vital, vital. And I think, Pastor Joselva, it's been a bit of a journey for 
for you with Family Church because you were used to being on your own. I love your story. Started in the Brazilian jungle, uh-huh. you know, came to this country. You've met under a tree and in a community center and different churches, and then you mm-hmm. became a part of Family Church. And do you think there are benefits to, like you said, some things that we're able to help you with? I mean, you mentioned student ministry, but are there other things where you feel like being a part of something bigger is helping you in your local context? That's a lot of benefits. The one is give it to me more time to be a shepherd, my group, and not deal with less, deal with administration, technology, finance, etc., etc., etc. When I was by myself, I had to do everything, right? Because the leader, you planting, is be a part of the network and serving family church. It's a lot of benefits. I can tell you in many different ways how this changed everything for us. The other day I was talking to my wife and I say, wow, in over 35 years in the ministry, because my entire life in the ministry, the most important decision we made was six years ago, actually mm-hmm. six years ago when we merged mm-hmm. with Family Church because it's totally different. Yeah. Change everything for not only for the church, for the future of the church, but for us as a family too. Yeah, that's great. But you know, you know, too, it really changed our church because now instead of having a small kind of a Spanish service that we used to have, now we have hundreds and hundreds of people who speak Spanish. And because of those relationships, even people like Jefferson, every one of our campuses has more people with Hispanic background who prefer to worship in English. But their connect is their parents or their uncle or whoever goes to Iglesia Familiar. Yes. And so it really has impacted our entire church and made our whole church better. And Larry, one of the things that you have experienced is you've come, you've been some fantastic churches from, you were a senior pastor of a small Baptist church at one time. You planted a highly successful, booming life church campus. You pastored at one of the most dynamic churches in South Florida, Church by the Glade. You helped them start a brand new campus. And now you're working with us. And I just wonder, what do you think are some things that we should be learning from churches that are more standardized, even though we do have a commitment to a level of customization, but we can learn a lot. And you're one of the ones who teaches us. I think actually there's a lot of ways that that family church already has more standardization maybe than what you recognize. When I think about standardization, I think it'd be helpful if we thought about it, maybe at three different levels, there's like fixed, there's flexible, and there's free standardization. Yeah. I was talking to one of our pastors about this the other day, and I said, you know, we're standardizing our baptisms. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it's fixed. We're going to immerse people. We're yeah. going to make sure that they're believers in Jesus Christ, and we're going to make sure that they probably had a conversation, maybe some sort of class. And then we're kind of flexible when it comes to, do you want to do it at the beach? Do you want to do it at the campus? Right. And then we're free in other ways, like who's going to baptize these people? Well, it could be your mom and dad might baptize you, or it might right. be the pastor, or it might be your growth group leader or whatever. And so I think Family Church is doing a better job than maybe what you think that we're doing Mm -hmm. in terms of that. But that kind of mindset encompasses customization and standardization. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that we can learn about is just around our church, we're all going to take on kind of the personality of you, Pastor Jimmy. And if you're more bent towards towards standardization, then the organization is going to feel that way. If you're more bent towards customization, then we're going to be bent that way. But the thing is, if we get over-standardized, then we squeeze out the creative people that make church often a lot of fun and take us to the next level. But if we all go customization, the people who are more 
standardized in their thought process and the way they run their family, the way they run their businesses, they're going to come to church and they're not going to know what's going to happen. And that's right. uncomfortable too. So I just think we just need to keep stepping into a healthy blend of it. And just having these conversations right here, I think is really helpful. And Leslie, one of the things that's important to us, we do want to be standard. Larry, you brought this up on baptism. We want to standardize our doctrine. You go to this campus or that campus or that campus, we're preaching the Bible as the word of God. Right. We're practicing baptism. And as you mentioned, believers baptism by immersion. That's the only thing that we do. We believe in a meaningful church membership. That's one of our keys. And yet we do want to let each pastor and each leadership team that's local and live feel like they are the lead missionaries to their neighborhood. And we want them to feel free to do what it takes to reach that neighborhood. So we want our system and our network to be a rocket launcher for these missionaries, these outposts of Jesus. We don't want them to feel like a ball and chain that's weighing them down. And so if our systems aren't propelling you forward, then our systems aren't working right. right. And that's one of the things that we've got. And let's see, you know, we talk about this a lot as a team. I know. As Larry was speaking, I was thinking about our phrase, tension to be managed. So yeah, you know, we talked right. about that in doctrine a lot. There's a tension to be managed. And I feel like this is an issue, especially multi-site. And really, we have to remind our listeners, no matter what size you are, if you have multiple services, you're multi-site to a certain extent. If you have a Spanish speaking service, you're still really multi-site because you're wrestling with these same issues. What do we say we're going to do all the same? And what do we say we're going to do different? We're always managing this tension. So I do want to ask both Pastor De Silva and Pastor Larry, what are some of the drawbacks that you sometimes experience? You can be honest with us. You don't have to be scared. Wait, wait a um, minute. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. <laughs> I'm a little comfortable. What do you feel like about that can be a drawback <laughs> of being part of a larger multi-site group? I think one of the drawbacks would be is that if you over-standardize everything, nothing feels fresh. And especially for those people who have been coming for a year and like it's the same verbiage at the same point at the same spot of the service, they feel a little left behind. However, when they bring somebody new with them, if they've got a first-time guest next to them, they don't mind the standardization because they know what right. their friend's going to get, right? There's no surprises there. However, if they're not inviting, then they kind of get maybe burned out or tired of the standardization. And I think if you overstandardize, you just choke out the creativity. And you can have some of the most creative people that are in your church wind up going to another church because there's no room for them to flex their God-given creativity. And I think whether you're a small church, whether you have one service, three services, or multi-site, I think you can find harmony between standardization and customization. They're not opposing enemies. Mm -hmm. You can have both of them at the same time. And I think a wise leader would lead that way, recognizing that God's wired people differently to make the body of Christ a much healthier place. You have it to uh, learning how to be flexible. Be flexible right. is very important. A lot of leaders, they don't like this word. I learned a lot about this. But I wonder <laughs> you, you be in an organization like this, sometimes you feel alone if you're not being intentional. You have it to be intentional in order to be a part of this. Because if you kind of person, you try to do everything by yourself, mm -hmm. you're going to feel loneliness. Mm -hmm. Even you have a people around you. Right. But the one good stuff, I don't want to pass this information for you guys because I think it's important for me. Six years ago, when we merged, the first thing I learned about the pastor Jimmy was talking about the system. We didn't have a lot of system those days in our Hispanic church. And the first thing I learned here, 
meeting every Tuesday with the leaders, talk about CISO was a first connection. Mm. That's uh, our membership uh, class. Yeah, a membership yeah. class. Yeah. So Beth Bonner, those days, she had a meeting with me, explained to me, and say, Pastor De Silva, it's a very important for you and for your congregation understand the system and have a, a first connection is every Sunday of the month. And I remember arguing with Beth, I say, listen, Beth Bonner, I cannot have a first membership class every month because I don't have a people for that. Let me have a people first. And when I have a people, I'm going to do the, that <laughs> yeah. normal, logical. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't understand what I'm trying to tell. And I didn't understand what she tried to convince me. And by the way, I said, let me try. So I didn't have anybody. I announced the system is working. 12 people signed up. I was... 12 people, where did these people came from? <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> so I have a first connection my first time. And then she said, no, we're going to have a next month. I said, no, possible. I don't have any people to come to the first connection. So I try. I never forget. And 10 new people. And now every month, and then people start coming. I'm talking about six years ago, but 2019, 2020, in 21 today, we had over almost 400 people went through the first connection because the system. And three years ago, Beth Bonner, in the middle of this very important meeting, I'm going to show you what she did. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to describe this. I, I know. I'm going to admit this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's a big a machete. A big machete. All right, all right now Pastor <laughs> Silva is in our studio with a machete in his hand. Master. I'm not making this up. And he's standing in front of the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, what is the message? And, oh, I think it's because I told Beth Bonner, the Brazilian jungle boy get the message. <laughs> so she tried to give this to me. And to, Congratulations, Pastor Da Silva. You understand the system. <laughs> so now, the Spanish church, as you serve, let me tell you, because the system, we have every month, the average, 15, 20 people in first connection membership class. That's right. You usually system. win the contest. You because, usually yeah. are telling the guys and, that and we had. I'll never forget this. Never, so the system for us, <laughs> yeah. because we are uh, network church, work together. So. Yeah, I think that's really good too, Pastor De Silva, because one of the things that we do is we all get to learn from each other. Yeah. And all of us bring some different sets of experiences to the table in ministry, other places, and plus our own perspectives. And we all see things differently because what happens at the West Campus and what happens at Iglesia Familiar, what happens at the downtown campus, uh, Leslie, you attend the Sherbrooke campus. All of us have a little different perspective because our buildings are a little different. Our pastoral teams are different. The people attending are different. And it's important that we're able to learn from each other and share these things. And so, guys, one of the great privileges of my life, because we always say that pastors need pastors, is that you two guys are pastors in my life and pastors to my family. And it really is an honor to get to sit around the table with you guys every week and share ideas and share prayer requests and care about each other's families and care about what's happening at your church and your church and your church, because it's, it's so powerful that we get to do it together. So... To kind of wrap all of this up, the customization standardization, if you're going to be multi-service and especially if you're going to be multi-site and especially if you're going to be multi-site, multilingual, you're going to have to manage the tension between customization and standardization. It never goes away. And it's just part of the conversation that you need to accept as ongoing. I would encourage you not to try to slay the dragon. I would encourage you not to try to have the final answer to this. Just have a final answer for now. And then next week, have another conversation because 
You definitely want to have systems that work for everybody, but my encouragement will be for everyone listening, make sure you are unleashing the full power of the gifted leaders that God's giving you at every campus and in every service. And don't shackle them with your systems. Launch them with your systems. Your systems need to be rocket fuel for creative leaders, not a ball and chain dragging them down. Hey, it's awesome to talk with you guys. Thanks so much for being with us. I really, really, really appreciate it. We're going to continue to talk about replanting, renewing, and reimagining our churches for 2021. Join us next time. We'll talk about reimagining and renewing bivocational leadership, which is one of our kind of keystone initiatives here at Family Church. Hope you guys will be listening. It's always awesome to be with you on Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Larry Mayer, Jose De Silva, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are Church for the Rest of Us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins. Staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.